This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. The World Health Organization warned that Ukraine faces a devastating energy crisis this winter. That will severely test the country's health service, which lacks fuel, water, and electricity. Some 10 million people, a quarter of the population, do not have access to power, as Russian strikes have halved the country's generating capacity. The country's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, asked Ukrainians to conserve energy, with power cuts expected until March. As winter temperatures in Ukraine fall below minus 20 degrees Celsius, minus 4 degrees Fahrenheit, local authorities told citizens in Kherson, a recently liberated Ukrainian city with severely damaged infrastructure, that they may be evacuated to other regions. The European Commission proposed a price cap on natural gas sold in the EU. The ceiling, set at €275 per megawatt hour for month-ahead contracts on a key benchmark exchange, would serve as an emergency break if prices were to soar past that level. The proposal will be debated by EU energy ministers on Thursday. America's Supreme Court cleared the way for Congress to obtain Donald Trump's tax returns. Since 2019, Mr. Trump has tried to shield them from Democratic lawmakers investigating potential conflicts of interest in his dealings as both president and businessman. Republicans have promised to quash those probes when they assume control of the House in January. Cyril Ramaphosa, South Africa's president, is ahead in the competition to lead the African National Congress into the next election in 2024. Mr. Ramaphosa, who is the current head of the ruling party, received over 2,000 nominations, while his nearest competitor, Zweli Mkise, a former health minister, has about 900. The ANC is due to hold a conference in December where the party will make a final decision. Italy's right-wing government agreed on details of its budget for next year, which includes a windfall tax of 35%, on the profits of energy companies until mid-2023. The package of tax cuts and increased spending, worth €35 billion, Euro, $36 billion, which earmarks funds to fight high energy prices, will be mainly funded through borrowing. But the target deficit of 4.5% of GDP next year has assuaged fears of the high-debt country colliding with the EU. Crypto's crisis continued. Genesis, a cryptocurrency lender, tried to reassure its creditors that it has no plans to file bankruptcy immediately. The firm was forced to suspend redemptions after the collapse of FTX. And American prosecutors indicted two Estonians for allegedly defrauding investors of $575 million through a crypto-fueled Ponzi scheme. Bitcoin, meanwhile, sank to $15,800, a quarter of its price three years ago. The King of Malaysia started the process of choosing the country's next prime minister. It had been hoped that elections on Saturday would produce a democratic mandate. Failing that, a hung parliament was elected instead. 
the incumbent coalition might have sided with either of its rivals and played the kingmaker, but on Tuesday it declined, leaving that job to the king himself. And fact of the day, $1.5 billion, the loss of Disney's streaming division in the past quarter. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Turkey threatens to march into Syria. We have been bearing down on terrorists for a few days with our planes, cannons, and guns, declared Recep Tayyip Erdogan on Tuesday. Tanks and soldiers, Turkey's president added, would follow. Mr. Erdogan has been threatening for months a military operation in northern Syria. Last year, Parliament extended by two years the government's mandate to move troops into Iraq and Syria. But Mr. Erdogan's argument for a ground incursion has been growing louder since November 13th, when a bomb attack in Istanbul began a deadly tit-for-tat. Turkey blamed the bomb on the Kurdistan Workers' Party, a rebel group fighting for Kurdish self-rule within Turkey. The group denied the claim. On Sunday, Turkish rockets rained down on Kurdish militants in Iraq and Syria. A retaliatory strike on Monday killed two Turkish citizens in Gaziantep, a province adjacent to Syria. Although tensions are rising, the West has been loath to restrain Mr. Erdogan, who has become a helpful go-between in the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Credit Suisse refills its coffers. On Wednesday, Credit Suisse holds an extraordinary general meeting for shareholders. The Swiss bank needs their approval to raise more capital for an ambitious restructuring plan it announced in late October. Ravaged by scandal and losses, Credit Suisse needs at least 4 billion Swiss francs, $4.2 billion, from investors to pad its balance sheet. The Saudi National Bank is expected to buy a 9.9% stake worth 1.5 billion Swiss francs. That would make it the Swiss bank's biggest shareholder. In its new incarnation, Credit Suisse plans to focus on international wealth management, as well as its domestic bank and assessment management division. Investment banking will be radically downsized to reduce risk, with Credit Suisse First Boston, the investment banking arm of Credit Suisse, spun off. It will also let go of its securitized products business, and as it seeks a path back to stability, Credit Suisse plans to lay off around 9,000 of its 52,000 employees. Legal Wrangling Over Scottish Independence A decision by Britain's highest court on Wednesday could determine the future of the United Kingdom. Judges of the Supreme Court will rule on whether Scotland's devolved parliament in Edinburgh may pass a law calling for a referendum on independence without the approval of Britain's government in Westminster. In a vote in 2014, held with the approval of David Cameron's government, Scots rejected independence by 55% to 45%. But Brexit, which Scots voted against, along with dampened confidence in the British government, 
could make continued union less palatable. If the court allows her, Nicola Sturgeon, Scotland's first minister, wants a referendum on October 19, 2023. But most legal scholars doubt the court will prove so helpful to her Scottish Nationalist Party. Instead, judges are likely either to rule that a referendum requires the approval of the British government, or to declare that the question remains hypothetical until a referendum law has been proposed, prolonging Scotland's constitutional limbo. Russia's security club hobbles on. The Collective Security Treaty Organization, CSTO, a supposed military alliance between Russia and five ex-Soviet countries, Armenia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Tajikistan, began the year with a show of strength. In January, Kasim Jomart Tokayev, Kazakhstan's president, invoked the organization's collective security clause to deal with anti-government protests. Within hours, the Russian army came to his aid. But when CSTO leaders convene in Armenia on Wednesday to discuss regional security, spirits will have dropped. Russia, which keeps its troops in CSTO countries as part of the security pact, has been overstretched by its war in Ukraine. Family feuds have also hobbled the organization. Last month, amid a simmering border conflict between Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan, Indestructible Brotherhood 2022, a joint military operation, was called off. In September, Armenia asked the organization for weapons to fend off an attack from its bitter foe Azerbaijan, but the CSTO was able to muster only a fact-finding mission. That may be the best the club's members can hope for. Steven Spielberg's Origin Story What makes a superstar filmmaker? Steven Spielberg offers a moving answer in The Fablemans, a thinly disguised account of his upbringing that is released across America on Wednesday. Raised by a computer engineer father, Paul Dano, and piano-playing mother, Michelle Williams, Samuel Fableman is left shaken after he sees the climactic train crash in Cecil B. DeMille's The Greatest Show on Earth, 1952. Sammy, Gabriel LaBelle, spends the rest of his life trying to recreate that sense of awe by making his own moving images. The director of E.T., Jaws, and most recently West Side Story, is America's best-known conjurer of cinematic fantasy. It is not easy to picture his origins in quotidian reality. But Mr. Spielberg paints a detailed, emotionally intelligent portrait of his post-war Jewish suburban family, loving yet gradually fractured by parental conflict, but avoids the amber-tinged nostalgia of much boomer-era biography. Funny and wise, the film is won by a consummate showman slowing down to reflect. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. 
Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which marsupial featured as a ferocious Warner Brothers cartoon character? Tuesday. The French novel, Les Liaisons Dangereuses, was remade as a teenage movie drama in 1999 with which title? Finally, here's the quote of the day from George Eliot, who was born on this day in 1819. Those who trust us educate us. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.